when disaster strikes. Will you be ready? Good evening, and we begin tonight with the monster hurricane and its deadly impact already. When all hope is gone, will the government be there for you? If you're looking for ways to take your prepping to the next level, then you've come to the right place. Broadcasting from a secure and well-prepared location, it's time for Prepping 2.0. And now, please welcome authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Well, welcome everybody to Prepping 2.0, episode 61. We have a great guest, prepping author Mark Goodwin. He's going to talk about a variety of things, including some predictions for 2020 and his take on how we got to the situation we're in, which I think you'll find fascinating. Uh, as you can tell, there is no Shelby voice, and the reason for that is it is Christmas season. Yes, Christmas, not holidays, Christmas season. And uh, she is entertaining a bunch of family from out of town, and it just worked out better this way. So it'll be just me today. And as I say, we'll be uh, having prepper author Mark Goodwin on. Uh, as you guys know, we have the top 100 things that go the fastest in a collapse. That's uh, a list prepared by, among others, survivors of the Bosnian Civil War. And it's fascinating. You look at these 100 things and you think, gee, I never thought that that would be important, but now I kind of see why it is. So highly recommend that list. It is on our website, prepping2-0.com, prepping2-0.com, which is where you can find you know, the audio files of all the regular shows. You can find all kinds of information, our friends and affiliates, uh, page and all that kind of cool stuff. So it's, it's all there on the website. Item number 51 we're at, and that is fishing supplies and tools. And I added an experience, experience fishing. Obviously fishing is a great way to harvest some protein, which could come in pretty doggone handy uh, given what's coming. And um, it's one of these things and I can attest to this from personal experience, having it's one of these things that you got to actually do and try and perfect and your gear and your skill is very uh, location specific. What works in Pennsylvania is probably not going to work well out on the ocean kind of by where I live. So um, you need to get some gear and you need to, I think, go to like local sporting goods stores and ask them what to use and get some knowledge. Um, if you can partner up with somebody who's a, a fisher person just kidding. That's a totally lame word. We're not going to use it. A fisherman, male or female. Shelby, by the way, is an outstanding fisherman because she's really good at this. I have, like so many other skills I used to have, I had when I was a kid and it kind of sloughed off and went away the past few decades. She's reteaching me um, how to do freshwater. And as I say, where I'm at, saltwater fishing, it is fun. It is a great way to hang out with family. It is a is a, is a great uh, prepping activity that really doesn't feel like a prepping activity. Great way to bring others in your circle of friends or family sort of into the prepping world by doing something that doesn't seem weird to anybody. Nobody thinks fishing's weird, I guess, except PETA, but I really don't care about their opinion. So anyway, that's number 51, fishing supplies and tools and experience. Here's a thought too. Let's say you have some fishing supplies and tools and you personally don't know how to fish. What a great thing, uh, somebody in your neighborhood, on your team, your mutual assistance group, whatever it may be, um, probably does know how to fish and can probably make great use of that equipment. And then maybe, and this is how I see things playing out sort of barter-wise when, when cash is no longer a thing and maybe electronic um, financial networks are disabled or they, they don't work for people like you because you're a Christian, more on that in a moment, um, that you could give it to somebody and they could go fish and give you half the fish they catch, that kind of stuff. So even if you're not a fisherman, maybe you can make use of that equipment or someone else can. I'd uh, like to briefly mention our awesome sponsors who make this show possible. We have uh, production costs on this show. And uh, the only reason this show happens is because of sponsors and of Patreons. Um, EMP Shield is a, is a sponsor. They make a device that wires into a car or solar panel or a generator or whatever or house that can EMP proof um, whatever it's wired into. Go onto our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on friends and affiliates. Uh, the EMP Shield logo will come up and you can click on that logo. Get 50 bucks off of a device. They're between about 250 and maybe $400 for these devices. So 50 bucks 
is is a pretty legitimate uh, discount. Another sponsor, New Mana Foods, N-U-M-A-N-N-A. I always think of it as Mana from Heaven with N-U on the beginning part of it, like new. Um, you go there and they have freeze-dried foods, sort of bulk freeze-dried food. They're not the mountain house, single-serving camping kind of freeze-dried food. And deep preps, we always believe in layering. We're, we talk about that in our in our food uh, shows and also our forthcoming book, uh, Food Preps 2.0, layering, layering, layering. Have some long-term, some short-term, medium-term, all that kind of stuff. If you go into their website, newmana.com, and you type in prep uh, for a discount code, you get 10% off, which is pretty cool. Another sponsor, KT Armor, C-A-T-I, which stands for come and take it. They make steel plates with anti-spall coating, which is great entry-level um, body armor. It's pretty heavy because it's steel, but it works really well, and it's very affordable. Good, solid Patriot company. You uh, go on to kdcatiarmor.com, type in Grant, as in Grant Matson, my character in the books, 299 days. You get 10% off. Ace2 Tactical, another sponsor. They make Paracord everything. You kind of have to go on their website and see all the cool applications of Paracord. Don't try to do Paracord on your own. I mean, if you have like three days and nothing to do, then by all means, but nobody in this listening audience just has tons of time on their hand and nothing to do. We all have jobs and kids and we're prepping and all that other kind of stuff. The last sponsor, uh, Backwoods Home Magazine, great quarterly physical come in the mail publication that is all things prepping and homesteading and serves as a great reference piece. A lot of the articles in there are as relevant, you know, 10 years from now um, as they are today. And we love, Shelby and I love getting it in the mail because we're never going to think, oh, let's go on the website and go see what's on there. Oh, there's a thing on chickens. Oh, let's print it out and what, put it in a file cabinet? Um, we're not going to do that. What we do is we open up our P.O. box. There's this awesome magazine. We, we thumb through it and we read it and we put it on the coffee table and they're stacked up there now from several years. We've been a subscriber for quite some time. It's a cool reference piece. And it's just a neat thing. So um, this is Christmas. By the time you guys hear this, this may or may not be Christmas. Great gifts. Um, so consider that if you go onto their website and use the coupon code six off, which is the numeral six and OFF. Uh, you'll get $6 off an annual subscription. So there you go. That's the administrative stuff. And now the reason you tuned in is to hear from Mark Goodwin. Mark, um, say hello to everyone and tell them a little bit about yourself. Glenn, uh, just so happy to be here. Um, I was uh, really honored when you called me up and asked me to fill in. I'm sorry Greta Thunberg had to cancel, but uh, I guess that the UN <laughs> needed her to save the planet. And despite her many godlike qualities, I suppose she's <laughs> she's not really on, omnipresent. Uh, and at any rate, it's it's a boon for me, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, although Greta's are some pretty big shoes to fill, I'll I'll, I'll try to do my best. Um, so real quick about me, I'm a, a Christian. Yeah. Uh, I'm a prepper. Uh, thus the 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 prepper recon podcast um i uh like you got into writing a post-apocalyptic fiction i think you were the one of the first guests on the prepper recon podcast i started that back in 20 2012 or 2013 i think it was 2013 um and uh and then got into to writing like you and uh uh, done a few books. I write from a, a, a Christian conservative perspective. Uh, you know, Netflix and Prime and everybody—they've got—they've got their shows out there, and and all of them assume that that everybody is an atheist and there is no God. Uh, basically, the same as what you would get in the the public school systems. So so that's where we get the the, the Greta Thunbergs that that worship Mother Earth is, you know, they're just, they're just indoctrinated by, by this system. And so I try to write something that that's a little bit of a fresh approach that, you know, uh, it's about characters that actually believe that there is a God. And some of these people pray in the morning and some of them read their Bibles and some of them go to church and they do a lot of the things that I do in my life. And I feel like I'm not represented well at all by, uh, the modern entertainment industry and uh, most of the books out there. So, uh, I thought, Maybe there might be some other folks out there that were like me and would like to see uh, real down-to-earth people that kind of live life the way they do. So um, there's there's some people that, that really enjoy it, and then there's others that are completely repulsed by it. And, and that's okay, too, because I'm not here to try to please everybody. I just uh, 
wanted to do something that didn't have all of the filth and the the sex scenes and and everything that you can get from from Netflix and, and Prime. You know, one of the things I like uh, about your books, and candidly, I've I've listened to three of them, the first three. And you've now put out 27 and I often like joke around and say, oh, there's 52 reasons to blah, blah, and I kind of throw numbers around. No, this is a real live actual number, 27 books, um, 25 fiction, 20 uh, and two nonfiction, by the way. But I, I was listening to the first three of your books many, many years ago. And it's I haven't listened to the other ones, not because they're no good. I have no time. People all the time, and I bet this happens to you too, Mark. People go, hey, there's this great new series. Have you read it? And you're constantly saying, uh, I, I would love to. I have absolutely no time to read or even listen to other books. But anyway, so that's the reason I haven't um, read or listened to all of them. One of the things I like about your books is that you do portray Christians exactly as you were describing. What it isn't, because Candidly, I, I wouldn't find this like fun reading or listening. It's not like there's uh, a scene about an EMP or something, and you say, and the Lord hath bespake in First Thessalonians. You show religion, and there's a religious storyline in the sense of good and evil and all of that, because that completely tracks with my and Shelby's worldview. But it's not, I don't know, preachy, for lack of a better word, because I don't, I don't find that... Uh, easy for other people to follow. I find it hard for myself to follow. So when you say it's got a religious theme, I don't want to scare people off. And we've had this conversation off the air a couple of years ago. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, Seattle area. And I, for good or bad, I think bad actually, sort of grew up where you just don't talk about God. And, and I wish that weren't the case. And I should talk more about God. But I I have this approach that to persuade people or at least keep their attention and have credibility with them over tons and tons of, of Bible quotes simply don't work. Now, the Bible is the inherent, uh, inherently true, correct word of God. So I'm not backing away from that. It's just sort of as persuasive stuff. So I guess I've made my point that your books have a religious theme, portray religion um, accurately, positively, but it's not a theology series. Is it? How do you feel about that characterization of it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. It's just that the you know uh, my people are going through EMPs and economic collapses and uh, government takeovers and civil wars and all of that kind of thing. They just they just happen to sort of live life the way I do, and they they assume that that uh, you know the the universe was created and and you know and they 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 pray to that creator and they, and they read the book that he gave them and that's all. And they're not they're not running around preaching uh, sermons uh, on every other chapter. You know, it's just that it informs the way that they live their lives in the same way that it informs the way that I live my life. Because, like I said, anything you see on um, on on Prime or or Netflix, um, these people are all you know, their worldview is that everything happened by itself and we're here. We, we have no purpose. And, and when this is over, that's it. We just we dissolve into the ether. And and so there's there's a, a lot of other people that don't believe that, but they're not at all represented in in uh, in in media. You know, we talk a lot, especially uh, any if you've heard any programs from the left. They talk a lot about diversity and everybody needs to get represented, and it it feels like everybody's fairly well represented. You know, the fifty percent of Americans that are gay. You know, we certainly see we certainly see all of them in all of the media, you know, half half of ever. I don't I don't know how we've uh, managed to reproduce at such a successful rate with with half of America being gay. You know, if you believe the mainstream media um, and all the shows that are on Netflix and 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 all the other uh, all the other outlets out there. Um so they're well represented, but Christians, if you ever do see a Christian in a, a Netflix film, you know, there's some psycho that's uh, trying to start a cult. And, and that's not all of us. And, and, you know, and there are a few of those, uh, you know, there's some uh, there's some some folks that need a little bit more grace, even in the church and in the Christian community. But uh, but that's not that's not all of us. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I would add to the um, what you're talking about, about Christianity, the 
the feminism issue, um, and I know that's a variant of atheism, um, and we're talking about political feminism. We're not talking about women being equal because the the, the greatest, um, uh, I don't know, supporter of equality among genders and races would be, you know, the New Testament in particular. Um, and so that's not what we're talking about, the political feminism. And I, I always hate this. I don't know if this applies to you too. And this is a slightly off topic because we were talking about Christianity and all that, but the popular culture and Netflix and the TV shows and even ads on TV, the men are always stupid, right? It's always the, um, and you probably haven't watched TV in so many years, but you may remember this from the past, right? The man is always dumb. He is about to buy the wrong product and the wife or the kids, often the kids are so much more enlightened and men are stupid and dopey. And all they do is sit on the couch and watch TV and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I hate that stuff too. So that's another reason that popular culture is, is garbage. I don't know. What do you think about the feminism stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And there are some real Homer Simpsons out there because I've met them, but, uh, like you said, that doesn't, that's not everybody. And, uh, and from, from mainstream media, um, and mainstream entertainment, that's, that's what you would think that, that we're all dope, drunk on the couch and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, falling asleep at the, at, at causing a, a nuclear <laughs> meltdown. Well, speaking of nuclear meltdowns, um, can you just name the various series you have and sort of the the main, um, I don't know, crisis in them? You mentioned EMP books and economic collapse books and stuff like that. Can you go through them chronologically and say the first series was this and it was a Civil War setting and that kind of stuff? Just whet people's appetites for some of the the settings of the books that you've written. Sure. Um, my most recent series is Black Swan. Um, that's a guy he's a he's a, a guitar player for the biggest country music uh, band on the scene right now and uh, he's sort of been blinded by all the glitter and the gold and and uh, he's got himself a trophy wife and and she's she's a little tarnished and uh, he's he's got some regrets and they're playing the new year's eve show in times square when everything starts unraveling and uh, he's got to get out of Manhattan uh, with no gun and uh, and um, find his way back home. And through that, he's also on this sort of spiritual journey of finding his way back to his roots as well. Um, and that's an eco economic collapse series. Um, and Black Swan's the name of that series once again. And then before that, I think was my Avis Crucible, and that was a, a civil war in America, which is you know something very fictional and uh, and probably not very realistic in most people's minds. But it's a fun read. Oh, we'll be talking. We'll be talking <laughs> about it, that. Here. It, it's a fun yeah. read. You know, the the left basically hijacked the the election by just sending some Antifa thugs to a very few uh, polling stations in 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 key states and key counties. And what do you know? They they sway the election just enough by intimidating conservatives not to not to show up at the polls and. Um, and uh, they take the election and then the Patriots have to, you know, uh, fight back very hard to 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 get that back. Because uh, I think that's their their M.O. is uh, for the left is is, is playing dirty. And uh, I think we keep saying more and more of that um, I did a, a, an EMP series, which was called uh, Seven Cows, Ugly and Gaunt. Um, and then I did. Uh, I did, if you've ever read the Left Behind series, uh, I, I did sort of a prequel prior to the rapture, which was called The Days of Noah, and then uh, picked that up where, where The Days of Noah left off at the rapture and did a series called The Days of Elijah. And so uh, those, those are real fun reads as well. Exactly. And speaking of your books um, and speaking of civil wars, um, I remember, and if I get the facts wrong, please correct me been a number of years since I uh, listened to your, I want to say, first series that you did. It involves Virginia, and your characters are operating off the top of my head in Kentucky or Tennessee, a state bordering Virginia. And I remember a reference to um, 
flows of troops and refugees from Virginia. Can you expand on that and, uh, and apply it to what we're seeing in Virginia now? Because I remember that scene, I, not all the details, but I remember the Virginia aspect. And when you wrote it five years ago, I thought, well, that's crazy. I mean, Virginia, I mean, that's so conservative, so many patriots. They're not going to have ever any like gun rights problems. Go ahead and, and teleport us back maybe to that that setting and, um, you know, not the details of it, but what you wrote about and how it relates to Virginia. And to be clear, it was uh, it was sort of a side reference. It wasn't a book about how Virginia is going to have gun control and five years later, everything's come true. I'm not exaggerating. Oh, yeah, you get you get states like that that are, you know, maybe more or less conservative, but because the population centers are very much controlled by the left, um, they're the ones that end up writing all the laws and, uh, and dictating how those states are going to move forward in the future. And um, yeah, in it, I, I can't remember ex- exactly what was going on in that book because I guess there's been a lot of water <laughs> under the bridge since I wrote that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've 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 always kind of got that in most of the books where where you you really see the infection spreading like a cancer from from those population centers um, out into uh, the, the places that have, have traditionally been more conservative. I think we're seeing that a lot of that in uh, we're seeing a lot of that in Florida right now because uh, after the new the new tax law, um, a lot of folks started moving to more tax friendly states and and unfortunately you know and they leave behind they leave behind all their leftist politics uh, they, they don't leave behind all their leftist politics they they bring them with them into the the more conservative places so uh you know i think we're seeing uh florida go from a less purple state to a, a much bluer state we've certainly seen that with texas with everybody leaving california and going to texas um and and it's it's going to be very very difficult for Republicans to ever win another presidential election without Florida and Texas. So um, it, it's it's a really dangerous situation that we're in politically, and and the things that are happening that uh, are sort of um, the undertow of of politics and the things that that maybe aren't getting the, the, as much press as the uh, impeachment and things. Yeah, exactly. And we have a minute to go before we go into the next segment. And I'll just spend this minute um, putting an exclamation mark or exclamation point on everything you said. Um, I have, by the way, a uh, radio show, two hour weekly radio show on KHNC 1360 AM in Colorado. And you can find those shows. Um, But I've talked a lot about the the blueification, the purpling of Texas and other states, and you just do the arithmetic with electoral votes. And let's put it in perspective. Um, Obama lost in Texas by, off the top of my head, 12 points in 2012. Hillary lost off the top of my head by six points uh, four years later. Beto O'Rourke lost the Senate race, and he was an absolute train wreck of a candidate by two points. You can see, you can see the trend. Well, we have just a couple seconds uh, to get out of segment one and go into segment two, which we will do. Stick around. We have only scratched the surface with Mark Goodwin. If you like this kind of stuff and you like trying to figure out what's going to happen, you're going to like listening to Mark Goodwin because I like listening to him because he has a good track record with me. Stick around for Mark Goodwin, folks. We'll be right back with more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Shelby Gallagher and Glenn Tate right after this. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend 
fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. And we're back with more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. We're back, everybody. Segment two with prepper author Mark Goodwin. Mark, you mentioned at the very beginning of segment one, you said um, that I was on the show early on and you had me on several times, which was a hoot. I remember we were talking about several years ago, um, buying ammunition and how ammunition is a precious metal. And you coined a phrase, and that's a semi-pun, coined a phrase. You called ammunition uh, that glentadium. That was the precious metal. It was glentadium. And I've since used that a bit. And uh, in my conversations with Joe Jaquin at the Patriot Trading Group, um, who sells gold and silver, um, we've, we've done a lot of fun stuff that you'll be seeing more uh, about later with the whole glentadium idea. So high five on on a cool little phrase that you coined well we were just talking about blueification and um some of the political problems with demographics and both political demographics and other demographics it's crystal clear that virginia has had a big influx of legal and illegal immigrants into the northern virginia counties the dc suburbs and then probably more perniciously You've had an inflow of D.C.-based people who work for the federal government who now live in northern Virginia. And both those groups, legal and illegal immigrants and uh, federal workers, are are way more likely to vote for Democrats. It's it's like it's a fact. It's not anything weird. It's just a fact. Um, Legal and illegal immigrants vote 70% or more for Democrats. It's a fact. So then you've got Virginia flipping and look at all the stuff. If, if I may ask you to, to don the uh, crystal ball, what do you think's going to happen in Virginia? Cause I think everybody, especially now that, you know, late, late 2019, early 2020, when people are listening to this, all eyes are on Virginia. Um, what do you think, what do you think's going to happen and why do you think it's happening? Yeah, I I dropped my crystal ball right before the show started. It's got a big crack down the side of it. Um, you know, the only thing I was getting for 2020 predictions was the Orioles are going to beat the Tigers in the World Series, which that might not be very good. And something about Elon <laughs> Musk topping out Zuckerberg Gates of Bezos from uh, after he invents a new organic diet soda that tastes like rainbows and makes you feel 20 years younger. <laughs> Um, so crystal brawl is, uh, I got to get that thing back in the shop. I, I think there's a few predictions that, that we can, that we can make with some accuracy though. 
um, Virginia. Uh, yeah, just going left, and I think that's part. I think that's part of a plan. Um, I, I, I think that that somehow, some way, and and sometimes things are part of a plan, and then sometimes you think, man, these leftists. I don't think they could. I don't think they could plan a picnic. How are they pulling this stuff off? And I think there's a spiritual agenda with it. And I think that there's spiritual guidance, the same way that a Christian can pray, seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. I think that these folks are getting some guidance from an unholy spirit because they're just not that smart, Glenn. Um, but uh, a quick prediction that I think we can make back to the Glenn Tatum. We don't have anybody that's that's friendly to the Second Amendment. Um that's 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 running the Democratic primaries. I think Bloomberg's probably the most uh, professed anti-gun uh, person that's 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 uh, vying for that for that seat. But um, but any of them, I think, are going to probably push up the. You're, you're going to see shortages uh, in guns and, and ammo as we get closer to the election. Uh, a lot of a lot of conservatives have been. Uh, thinking that happy days are here again and, and haven't bought a gun or a box of ammo since since uh, Trump was elected. And uh, so the, the clock might be running out on that. I think we're going to see a lot of folks uh, rushing out and, and trying to make some last minute purchases just in case. And as we've seen after Sandy Hook and, and other incidents like that, the market's not that well supplied. When everybody decides to go buy it all at once, uh, it starts looking like a, a grocery store in Florida uh, 24 hours before a Category 5 makes landfall, and the shelves are stripped, and there's just nothing left. So um, right now might be a really good time for, for folks that are, that are thinking of making that type of an investment. Uh, you know, strike while the, the iron's hot and you know, make, make hay while the sun's shining. Boy, and, and you can imagine, I'm going to say, heck yeah, not only on the obvious prepping message, which is be prepared. That's obvious. And, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned the, the name of the show, Prepping 2.0, where that comes from. We've all been prepper 1.0s, that first level, which was, you know, having some beans and an AR-15 and all that's good. And you got to start somewhere. And that's awesome. Prepping 2.0 is focusing more on the long, the mid and long term, and that would be community, um, communications, night vision, water, all that other stuff. But back to the prepping 1.0 versus 2.0. Yes, you're right. A lot of uh, preppers and more conservatives probably than than hardcore preppers just basically, you know, decided to take the rest of eternity off and not, you know, spend time and money on prepping or maybe social disgrace, right? That's a, a cost of prepping, depending on what situation you're in. And you're right, after, they don't say after Trump got elected, they always say after Hillary didn't get elected, right? I decided to take it easy. And that is a wrong approach for all the obvious reasons. But here's a very specific thing people should consider. Um, AR-15s in particular have never been cheaper. Ammunition is at, a, as a practical matter, historic lows. I know you're going to say, when I was a kid, I could buy a box of 22 shells at the hardware store for 99 cents. So that's why I say, as a practical matter, ammunition is at the lowest price it's been, because those good old days are never coming back. Um, this is the time. Uh, make hay while the sun shines, exactly like you said. I used to... Um, write a lot about AK-74s and how cheap ammunition was and how cheap AK-74s are and get a bunch. By the way, Mark, I'm doing a, uh, a second edition of 299 Days. I'm going to modernize it, and that's going to come out right after the 2020 election. And one of the changes in the book will be scrapping the references to AK-74s. They're fine firearms, but um, they're not what they used to be as far as cheap ammunition. My point, and I'm going to replace it with a storyline about bargain AR-15s that work perfectly well especially for the uses most folks are going to have for them. I mean, you're probably not going to be doing 5,000 rounds a week because you're an operator. I know I'm not, right? And so now is the time. I talk about it. The golden age of AR-15s is now. The golden age of ammunition prices is right now. And 2020, you're exactly right, Mark. There's going to be a big ramp up. I think there's going to be some some spiciness in Virginia in January 2020 and and thereafter. And there's that terrible feeling, guys, and you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. 
you go and you say, geez, I need to get some ammunition. And you go and you look at a case of five, five, six that used to be affordable. And then all of a sudden it's 15, 20% more in the next day, it's 5% more. And you just say, oh, I should have got that earlier. Don't be that guy. This is the golden age. Get that stuff now because you're right. Um, 2020 is going to be interesting. And um, especially if we have on the federal front, we have a Democrat winning or even like looking like he or she might win. And given that the left controls all the polling, a lot of people are going to think the left's going to win much like the Hillary thing. And then they don't. So now now is the time. Well, tell us um, about your podcast also, because that's what got me hooked on you was listening to your podcast and, and you've always had great guests and all of that. So tell us about the podcast. Yeah, I did a weekly show for, uh, for I guess about five years from, um, from 2013 till, till, till last year. And, uh, last year we relocated to the Appalachian mountains and uh, when I got there, I didn't really have the type of internet connection that that I that I used to have. So um, I, I and plus I had a, a tons and tons and tons of projects because this is a beautiful property that had been neglected for years and just needed a lot a lot of work done to it. So um, I with the writing and uh, and we we just uh, I've got a two and a half year old little girl that uh, that has a lot of daddy's time. And, um, and the property, something, something had to give, I had to step back because, uh, it was, you know, and I'm not going to give up my sleep. So, (laughs) so, um, I had to step back from the podcast a little bit. I've been still trying to get one show a month out. Um, and, uh, some of those are monologues because I don't have, I don't have the connection. Uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in Florida right now for, for a couple of weeks. So I'm trying to get a few recorded and, uh, uh, try to keep some good shows coming out uh, at least one a month uh, going forward in 2020. I would encourage folks to subscribe to Prepper Recon on whatever system I use iTunes, but I'm sure if you're on Stitcher and all that other stuff, subscribe to it. Go back and listen to the episodes from a few years ago and tell me if Mark hasn't been nailing it and his guests haven't been nailing it for quite some time. So, um, yeah, go ahead and do that. So there's the podcast. Well, we, you, you were very clear about the crystal ball, and I appreciate that. I get that question too, you know, crystal ball stuff. And I don't make, um, I don't know, detailed predictions because I'm a human being. I'm not God, and uh, I'm not nearly as smart as God. And it's, it's, it's his world, not mine. So he, he knows what's happening. I don't. But I do talk about trends. And uh, Oh, I think but, there's a couple of easy ones, though, that we've got for 2020. Go for it. I, I think that we can. I think we can say with some level of confidence that the Fed's going to continue to pump money into the markets. Um, since September, they've they've well, they're approaching half a trillion uh, of what they've they've put into the repo market. And I think before it all said and done, that we will have pumped a, another half a trillion into the repo markets. Um, and now this isn't a, this isn't in the. If I can interrupt you for yeah, just a moment, the repo ahead. markets, when you say that, I know what you're talking about. Joe Jaquin on Patriot uh, Radio News Hour covers it too. We don't mean like cars that have missing payments. When you say repo, a lot of people think that. And we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, Daniel from Numana, who did a magnificent job of explaining the repo markets. But in case people haven't heard about it, in a nutshell, what is the repo market and how is that a way that the Federal Reserve is pumping all kinds of money into the economy, and those are repurchase. That's a it's a it's repo short. It's not repossession. It's a short for repurchase, and and it's it's banks borrowing money from other banks on very short term basis. Uh, sometimes you know as 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 few as uh, two or three days, and you know this is the sort of the the grease and the gears behind all of the other markets, the equity markets and and uh, mortgages and and uh, car loans and credit cards and 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 everything else uh this is what's keeping the grease going in the gears and of course a lot of machines you take the grease out of the gears everything will just freeze up so uh i think that's probably the the, the easiest way to say it without yeah, getting into the weeds bank, exactly banks um don't have a ton of cash lying around because <laughs> They've purchased so much debt, largely treasury notes, 
and their loans aren't performing and the banks can't basically pay their bills and so they need to borrow money and they they're not healthy and steaming along like you would think you think banks have all this money well they kind of do because they get functionally free money from the federal reserve but it's still a problem and you mentioned things freezing up like a crunch like a credit crunch and if if a bank and these are major banks not your hometown banks but if a large bank cannot i don't know cover all of the they're not really withdrawals, but electronic payments and debt payments, and all that other stuff. Then stuff goes crazy. You've got an AIG situation, um, uh, a Lehman Brothers, where a big financial institution can't pay its bills. Even for five seconds, that's a problem because everybody will freak out. And this is such a debt-laden, burdened economy that all of a sudden, if, if people aren't paying their stuff, they aren't using debt to pay interest, <laughs> then everything comes crashing down. And you're absolutely right. And I remember in the, I don't know, the the early 2000 teens, whatever we're going to end up calling this decade that's going to end in a couple of days, by the way, um, like on the calendar, guys, not like the world's coming to an end because um, uh, it's 2019 now, December. Um, I, I think that there was all kinds of uh, talk and people kind of knew about Q... QE1 and, and uh, all that other stuff. But this repo thing is going on without any fanfare. Even patriots largely don't know what's going on. And that tells me that there's a big problem, um, that it's, it's, for whatever reason, nobody's talking about it. What do you think about the lack of attention that the repo markets are getting, even, even among lack of attention among preppers? Yeah, I think that's the official name for it too, isn't it? It's not QE, is that what they're calling it? I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. but, but yeah. anyway, this is, this isn't, this isn't the Dow's not in free fall, you know, um, uh, we're not at 25% unemployment, Glenn, you know, on, on the contrary, you know, we've got short term record lows in unemployment, um, and equities are hitting all time highs. Uh, but it sounds like somebody's worried about something. And, and, it, and it sounds like there's there's uh, there's definitely some problems. And, you know, can they fix it? Can they keep pumping money in it? And they, can they keep it? Can they keep the wheels greased? Maybe and maybe not. But uh, either way, they're devaluing the currency that's in your bank account and that's in your wallet. And you talked about uh, being able to buy, buy a box of uh, ammo for, for 99 cents, 22 shells or whatever. Uh, you're not going to be able to buy anything for 99 cents. 99 cents is going to be like a penny. You know, uh, a lot of people, they see a penny in the parking lot. They don't bother to bend over and pick it, pick it up because it's just not worth the wear and tear that's going to put on the inside of your pocket. And the dollar bill's getting like that, you know. Uh, I'm not going to pick up that dollar. I just don't want it. It's not worth stretching out my wallet to put a, a dollar bill in there. And, and that's where we're getting. And, uh, you know, this happens slowly at first and then very rapidly. And, you know, so many um, empires and and uh, and states have been through this experiment where they just debase and abuse the currency until the point where nobody really wants it anymore. And it's, you know, the hundred dollar bills like the penny and um and so on and so on to where and, and, and then at some point, the rest of the world's going to get tired of this, of, of having the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency and sitting back and watching us just abuse it and print it and print it. And we're going to have to keep doing it because there's 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 no other way out. We have we have passed the we're, we've crossed the Rubicon. There's no turning back right now. Um, the federal government, that's another prediction I think we can safely make for 2020. They're going to borrow another trillion dollars. They're going to add that to the 23 trillion dollars that we already have. Uh, scratch that on up to 24. Now this borrowing is on top of, this isn't, this isn't part of the printing. This is on top of the printing. So we're we're devaluing we're we're burning literally burning the candle at both ends with uh, devaluation through through printing and through the borrowing. Um, so I can't say if twenty twenty is the tipping point. <laughs> you know, I I, I thought twenty twenty twelve twenty thirteen twenty fourteen. You know, I 
I mean, I can't believe that we're still here. <laughs> you know, it's it's just getting comical at this point. But someday the bill's going to come due. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I 100% agree with everything about there being more money in the system, which then catastrophically and quickly leads to inflation. And the effects of inflation are being masked. You mentioned the stock market at all-time highs. And I gave up. I think we even talked about this on one of the shows we did a while ago where I said, listen, the the Federal Reserve people or whoever they are, they're so much smarter than me because they figured out a way to keep this economy going along and the stock market up when it shouldn't be. So they've got tools and tricks that I haven't even conceived of. You know, it's quantum mathematics or some crazy thing. And so I don't know what's going on. Well, you mentioned dollars not being worth anything from the, uh, the inflationary aspect. Another thing that I think preppers need to worry about, and specifically Christian preppers, would be a, a purposeful denial of access to money uh, based on your beliefs. And here's, here's how I see this happening. China has the social credit score where based on a variety of things like Facebook posts and I don't know, other stuff, um, if you're a good person in the Communist Party's mind, you get a higher score and you can you can buy stuff, uh, transactions move better. If you are a bad person in the Communist Party's mind, like, uh, I don't know, you support independence for Hong Kong or something like that, then you get a low score and you can't, with all the computer transactions, uh, those transactions compare Compare, you know, the, the transaction to your score. For example, if you're a bad person in China um, because you believe in liberty, um, you cannot get a train ticket because the computer, for some things like train tickets, maybe not everything, the computer knows that for big things like that, based on your social credit score, you will be declined. And I don't know how it how it ends up looking for patriots and or Christians, there's a lot of overlap, but not 100% overlap between those two um, bodies of people. I could see with all the Facebook, Zuckerberg, Google stuff, I could see social credit scores in the United States. We know, and, and then, you know, guys like you and me, when we go to buy ammunition, our cards are declined, for example, and that could be the start of it and it could get worse. What do you think about the selective uh, denial of access to money, especially based on political or religious views, because I can see that as affecting people like us just as much as, as it taking $10,000 to buy a cup of coffee because of inflation. Sure. Yeah. I use the uh, social credit score in my Avis Crucible series, the, the Civil War series, um, where the, the far left states um, they actually impose that. And in that series, I, I try to portray it. I just basically cut and paste uh, Chinese policies onto America because, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Bernie Sanders just wants to cut and paste. So um, all of the economic stuff that they're they're trying to convince everybody that, that uh, we're going to get uh, economic equality, that's how you get it, by getting rid of God and by um, making the state your your absolute authority. And, and and another thing that happens in China to Christians is that you're very often, uh, you can be become an involuntary organ donor. Um, you know, you're, you're a healthy Christian and uh, there's somebody else that's high up in the party and they need a lung and you've got one. Guess what? They just come take it. And uh, they'll sell them on the black market. They'll uh, they'll give them to to, to people that, that have higher s- social credit scores because because they need that lung and because you're so low in the score, you really don't. So uh, that's that's certainly something that that we could see in America, and that's certainly the the direction that that we've been going for for decades now, Glenn. Yeah, and it's another reason, the possibility of this, and by the way, I'm not saying it's going to happen next Tuesday or anything, but the possibility of this is another reason to have stuff. So, for example, with the ammunition, you don't need to buy ammunition because you already have it. And number two, have food and all of that other those preps. And also, guys, when it comes to financial stuff, gold and silver, uh, that is a great way to get around this because I foresee Christian or Patriot uh, communities bartering with each other and just kind of dropping off out of the, to the extent possible, the the regular people financial system, the good little socialist 
uh, people's financial system. Well, we have about two, three minutes uh, until the end of the regular show. And then, of course, we'll pick up the conversation as we always do in the after show, which is for Patreon supporters. Um, prepping two point or prepping two dash zero dot com is to tell you all about the Patreon things. Two bucks a month and you get access to the after show. I'm going to start a topic and tease it. And I don't try to do this. It always works out this way where we have a great conversation that gets rolling and then we're at the end of the regular show and it goes into the uh, after show. So here's, here's the topic to get started that we'll finish up in the after show along with, by the way, Patreon questions. Um, I put it up on Patreon and we get some really good questions for Mark. We try to have questions for each guest that he, uh, he answers and he doesn't see them in advance. So they're really like off the cuff, like, you know, ad hoc answers. Um, and what do you think, Mark, and you've written about this, the deep state. What's going on with the deep state? Let's start that conversation off. Well, I, I certainly think that, um, you know, and the, the thing about the deep state is it's, it's like looking at an iceberg. You see the little tip of, of ice up above it, but you don't really see everything that's, that's, that's underneath. And I think that that's sort of what the idea is behind the deep state. But um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I think she's probably a good example of it. I I doubt that uh, it was really just this grassroots type of thing that found a, you know, somebody that was probably very, very good at mixing a martini and is now um, in in this elevated status of, of being in the American Congress. Um I, I, I suspect that that there's there's some some folks uh, behind that, uh, especially when I see you know her Green New Deal looking very very similar to um, uh, Agenda 2030. And Mark, I, I hate to, I hate to do this. This always happens. I have to interrupt guests mid sentence and say, "Geez, we're going to have to carry this over to the after show." But okay, we are. We'll talk about Thank it you there. So much for listening. Episode 61 with uh, Mark Goodwin. Keep listening to Prepping 2.0, regular show or after show. We love talking to both of you audiences. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Shelby Gallagher and Glenn Tate. All of the fun and easy prepping information heard on this podcast can be found online at prepping2-0.com. You can also find out more about Glenn's books online at 299days.com and about Shelby's books online at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.